Deepak Chopra. What the hell is this timing? <laughs> that is a glove for me cleaning the bathrooms. I just wanted to point that out. Entrepreneurship, um, where you're never too good to clean a toilet. <laughs> and I think I, this guy. <laughs> I think we may need to. It sounds like he's not brown as brown. <laughs> All right, let me. Podcast. I'm Deepak from Bangalore, and I got Sean Cummings here with me from Oklahoma. Good morning, I'm Sean. from the village. From the village. <laughs> I think that's How's why I call it two villages. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I hope people understand what that means. <laughs> yeah, that you actually live in the city of the village, and I live in the I city know. of the village. <laughs> and and my wife used to live in another city called Prairie Village. How weird is that? Over yeah. the years. Yeah. Just a bunch of villages <laughs> hanging out, I see. <laughs> That's awesome. I have to tell you what this really we... funny story that happened yesterday. I was Do at it? the usual rooftop bar thingy that I go to. Yeah. And they... <laughs> so my international cards haven't been working there for like the past few days. So yesterday oh, wow. they told me they fixed it. Cool. And I tried all of them. None of them went yeah. through. So finally, I had to use one of the local cards that I have. Yeah. And for some reason, <laughs> I snapped at them. <laughs> I was like, what sort of useless damn machine is this that you're shifted to? Can't you get it from a damn bank and not from a startup? Yelled, screamed, called a manager, spoke to him. <laughs> I come home. Can you go back there again? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I come home and I open the door and my mom tells me, I think uh, you got some mail. I think they sent you a new card. Wow. Okay, I have a comparative story, but it's way worse. We can't tell it and publish it yet. But it's the same kind of thing, just involved a hooker. So today, today my plan is to just go there and double down. and be like, I hope y'all got this useless piece of shit machine fixed. <laughs> See, you have learned something from Republicans in America right there. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. That is your take on Wow. That wild. Uh, well, at least you knew what was happening. I wouldn't even have known mm -hmm. what was happening, even if it was my own machine. Because all these machines seem like they're just cheap shit. <laughs> they all they just do. meant to be that way. Right. God, it's awful. They used to be really sturdy. Oh, well. You know, here they have the fancy ones where it's all wireless, which is fancy, but also a pain in the ass. But they just bring it right. to each table at the end of the night. But I, I love all of those ideas till something goes wrong. Oh, yeah. And then, right, you still have to know how to do, you know, the old-fashioned paper ones. And what you do is you, you basically put the card down and you go over it with a pencil and, yeah. you, you know, make that, make like the, the chalk drawing or the charcoal drawing over Are the top. And then the later machines that I remember where they had to right. put it. <laughs> and we used to have through. a book. Yeah, <laughs> we used to have a book you had to look through with the last four digits of the card number and then bring our first four digits and then bring it over. It was it was not very fun. And back then, like American Express, I think was six percent that they took oh off God. the top. Right. Then that's you, I mean, that's <laughs> profit. Right. Then you straight up call the IRS and check your credit. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be about thirty-two minutes, sir. I know. Isn't it crazy how that's evolved? Mm -hmm. But the um, the ones that so I but I also have to tell you, I've watched deals where somebody can get within three feet of you. You know, and if they've mm -hmm. got the right card reader, take all your stuff. So oh, I'm, I'm yeah. that is a little more concerned with that than how quick I can get out of a restaurant. <laughs>
I was actually planning to tell people that I was going to introduce you at mayor, but I guess now I have to do vice mayor. Vice mayor. Yeah. How sad is that? I, I so here's the, here's the thing. Politics, even on a smaller level are not vicious. They're just politely vicious. So, um, I don't, you know, it was never my goal in life to become mayor. So I'm not really mad about it, but you just go, come on, man. Seriously. Why didn't, why didn't somebody just, you know, why don't we have this talk? It is mm-hmm. politics is weird. I mean, it really is. So yeah, it's vice mayor. What I'm going to do is have t-shirts made that say the village. I am the mayor of vice. I think that works. <laughs> you know, some dickhead's going to have a problem even with that. Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah. But I think it's hilarious. It's a good way to make fun of it. Oh, goodness. You know, you think about, you think about it. So you're basically second in charge. Um, mm-hmm. What does that usually mean? Because you know, Joe Biden just smiled a lot when he was Obama's second in charge. He'd just show up to fun yeah. parties and stuff. But I actually carry all the water. So yesterday, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. I know we're probably getting off topic here. So yeah, we have a fine. wall, a wall where people gifted these bricks 30 years ago, 40 years ago up on the wall. Was that the story so that of, I saw on Facebook? Yeah. And then a bunch, okay. it's been picked up by the news a few different times, but but we couldn't even get anybody to bid on the job to take the bricks down. Hmm. Not even bid on it because it's difficult. And so I tell everybody that in the city council meeting, I go, look, I, I grew up, my dad was a tile setter. I know how to do all this stuff. I said, I'm real busy for two weeks. After two weeks, I will go give it a try and see what we need to do with the job. Evidently nobody heard that part. And uh, mm-hmm. one of our local cons- one of our local constituents calls a news organization. They come out and do a story on it, like we were just going to throw everybody's stuff away. That is yeah. actual politics. I think and that's so the go, shitty video I watched where they were like, "Oh my god, they're breaking the damn thing." Type thing. Right. Like, really? <laughs> and and we weren't doing that at all. So I've got uh, about probably forty to forty five percent of them out clean, but mm-hmm. we've got a wall where all the bricks are soft and the cement is very very hard, and it's. It's coming about out about like uh, like after you after you ate some weird fast food at two a.m. It's coming in about that good two hours later. Yeah, is this why you were using the jackhammer or whatever? Yeah, right. So jack, you, that's but you know the good news is I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one thing I would say about being an immigrant's kid. <laughs> okay, I may be way better educated than than my father was. I'm probably about similar to my mom, but. But you look mm-hmm. at it and you go, yeah, I'm still not embarrassed to go do stuff like that. I mean, people would come by and they'd go, how do you know how to do that? And I go, I, I did it through childhood and into my 20s. But the, the thing is, is yes, we all move, but beyond that, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean you don't know how to do it. So I have managed to do this and I've got more lovely, beautiful thank yous of somebody who's, you know, man, it might be their kid that passed away, you know, that they did yeah. this in memorial. And right. So it means uh-huh. everything to them. And it's a few extra seconds of me being patient to try to get it out in one piece. I'm okay with it. So yeah. that's the thing that most people get confused about when I tell them about you. Because yeah. the other day, someone was asking me, like, how I figured out how to change the car wiper blades and like top <laughs> of the engine oil and coolant. And I was like, because I've been around these guys. I was like, yeah. these Americans, they do everything on their own. <laughs> and they have the tools well, to do everything on their own. So I, there, there's a weird deal where you, I, I don't know why tools are important, but I like, I like to have tools, but I don't have mine organized. They're all like on mm-hmm. a table 
and on these shelves and I have to dig through those to go get them. But they're also, there's, there is some decent feeling about knowing you can do it yourself, you know, and then we are, we're, we are not entirely a work servant society. We're getting there pretty quick though. So I don't know how long this will, you know, another 50 years, you know, whatever the nearest newest labor pool that came in will be the ones that know how to do it. And the rest, like my kids, my kids don't know how to do any of that. My girls do. My girls, hold on. How about that? How about that oh, for wow. India? My girls, I I had them do tile work with me and sheetrock work, sheetrock work and called mudding. You know where you uh -huh. fill in sheetrock so it doesn't have any creases or anything. Yeah, I, I had them I'm, all thinking about, I'm thinking about the redneck mudding, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not them on bikes, right? Dirting, no, no, no. The <laughs> they're 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 working. It was hard construction, and I got to tell you. They will probably never do it again in their lives, but they know how to do it. And if somebody's doing work at their house, they'll know whether they're lying or not. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. is actually pretty curious. Like this right. time when I came back, like if the carpenter electrician was at home, I actually knew right. what they were up to. Right. Previously, yeah. I would just be doing something else. <laughs> right. And you got to check on them because I, I hate to say it like any business. There's, if you don't know, they know you don't know. They can tell by mm -hmm. your questions that you don't know. You know, oh, yeah, I mean, all you got to do is throw a couple of terms out there, and they're like, "Oh, okay, I better do, I better do a better job." So, <laughs> damn it, Sean, that doesn't work here because sometimes I won't remember like the local language name of some particular thing, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and they're like, "What the hell is this idiot talking about?" <laughs> right. So I run into that stuff when I'm dealing with Irish folks because being Irish, they think I I know every colloquialism, and I just don't. For one, mm. they're in that tiny country of four million people. They're still colloquial, side to side and tip to tip, much like and yeah. yours is, you know, multiplied by 250 million so, or, <laughs> or, or more. Right. How many how many do you all have? One point two billion. Sean, right now it's one point seven billion. Oh, Lord. You know wow. I no, think we I just over to China. No, I had to look it up wow. recently. Because remember, for the past 10 years, I think I've been telling you that Bangalore has a population of nine million. Just yeah. yesterday, I found out that it's actually 16 million now. Well, you got to be kidding me. I think so you're moving I more people through. I just forgot. <laughs> wow. So mm -hmm. that is just a massive amount of people to move through per day. I just don't, I don't even understand how that's possible. That's wild. Yeah. So I'm in a city of a million. Here, you want to do it for everybody. I'm in a city of a million, and we have 90 square miles. So mm -hmm. really, it's not a... We're really in a city of about 500,000, and then the rest of them live in little villages outside of there, of comprising maybe 10 or 20,000 people. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's the, like, uh, yesterday, remember that meeting I was telling you I had to go to? Took me about yeah. an hour and 45 minutes, and it was probably, say... I think that must have been eight miles. You need to get a scooter. I guess, but yeah, in your traffic, I'm terrified you by that, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, we do not. So, I've lived in San Francisco. Traffic like what you all have. It's insane. You can't get anywhere. Um, Chicago traffic like you have, and Kansas City. We only have a couple of million people there. That's still fairly easy to get along. But I don't have traffic here. I mean, yeah. I if if I were in India and I was looking at coming to America. I would look at a smaller city, Topeka, Kansas, Oklahoma City, 
not Austin, Texas, but maybe 30 miles or 40 miles outside of there. So you could still get everything you need in Austin. Yeah. But you don't have to, if you don't want to live with people on top of people, you don't have to here. I mean, we got a lot of space. Yeah. Yeah, You think you, (laughs) right. Yeah. You just got to get used to it. I was at a real estate seminar yesterday that I got invited to as a politician. And, and that guy was like four people, you know, more people being on top of people. And I'm like, yeah, these are all farmers and former farmers and ranchers here. They don't want people living next door to them. Oh yeah. You know, they're used to, they're used to having miles. Mm-hmm. They just don't want it. So it's a, it's continuing that quiet life or going to the loud life of the city. I don't know how that works. Oh, I can, it's a noticeable difference for me when I like drive out of the city for say in one particular direction where I can get out in like an hour and I'm in right. like middle of paddy fields and shit. But wow. there I don't hear any of this. Plus it's like open right. fields yeah. all around me. Sometimes I just yeah. drive out there and just chill. <laughs> just get a little quiet. Mm-hmm. I just I always I always look at that and go, what do you what do you want to have? Because you know, I was I was pretty lucky in my in my the last city I lived in, I was 12 minutes from work. Mm-hmm. 12. And that was through yeah. the city. I just had figured out a route to get there in 12 minutes. And God, that's hard to argue with. You know, and I lived in San Francisco 90 minutes. You know, yeah. If you, especially if you had to go somewhere and work, it was just impossible. So, what kind of life do you want to have? That's the big one. Mm, that is true. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Crazy. Like, if right, you what see are we the... on to next? Mm. Oh, uh, yes. Sorry, go during ahead. Your in, <laughs> while trying to introduce us to their team of directors or whoever they were, the committee I was talking to, they asked right. me what you do. I was trying to <laughs> slip in the fact that you've written a book on weed recipes <laughs> just to see how, whether they pull back. That way I'll know right. how much I can push them. <laughs> right. What they what they think on that one? They're like, what? They were like, really? I was like, no, it's for medical marijuana. I had to explain right. it a little bit to them. They were like, oh, right. that's so cool. They were like, so you guys well, do all of this? And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. Here's here's the thing that I found the easiest to explain to everybody, because mm-hmm. I obviously am not the face. Well, I might be right now, but usually if I'm if I'm dressed normally and everything, um, I am not the face of what you would think would be somebody that would be doing marijuana, man. But mm-hmm. it is, and I mean this, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to sell anybody on it, but you go, it is the cheapest, easiest to make topical pain reliever that I've ever seen. And you can make it in your yeah. own kitchen. And I just made it more fun by putting it in foods and stuff. You know, it's, it, tell me, tell me what's worse, drinking booze or, or eating some, some marijuana that's been reconstituted into sugar and then baked into something. According to the mm-hmm. country I'm in right now, yeah. drinking is better because that's the only legal thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. I think for a small amount of weed, I think you get like 10 months of prison. And if it's like slightly oh. larger, it's 10 years. Holy crud. So yeah. I don't think we were necessarily that far apart 20 years ago. 20 what years changed? Ago, yeah. yeah. What changed everything here is stuff called CBD. So you have THC, and then you have CBD. Those are two different byproducts of marijuana. But they found that CBD helped children that had epilepsy and they were having convulsions and they could give them a squirt of this oil made from that mm-hmm. specific plant and their, their seizures would stop immediately. Oh, wow. And I have to be honest, I thought it was BS when I first saw it, heard it and everything. Mm-hmm. 
And my wife ran for lieutenant governor of the state of Oklahoma. And the guy running mm -hmm. for governor was a guy named Joe Dorman. And he was yeah. the pro CBD guy. And nobody oh, wow. understood what he was. Yeah, he was like the first major politician I've ever known to openly go out and go, we need to legalize this. Not so anybody can get high because you don't get high off of CBD. It only mm -hmm. cures these, uh, these seizures that these little kids were having. And the problem mm -hmm. is it looked really shady. You know, you'd have videos of these kids and a little squirt and all of a sudden they're totally fine. But then if they went on a regimen, they never had them at all. And as a parent, okay. right, think of being a parent. Every time they're having a seizure, you think they're going to die. You know, I mean, God knows mm -hmm. how much time is taken off of your life every time that happens. And that's what opened the door was Joe Dorman doing that and bringing it to a statewide audience. Oh, wow. It was still illegal, right, when he was running? Oh, I remember him. Yeah, Absolutely. And the, the, so the thing is, is most of the marijuana that makes CBD grows by the railroads because they used to use hemp to make a whole bunch of stuff back in the 1940s. And when they would transport it, the seeds from it would drop off the trains. And we, <laughs> right, in Kansas, they used to call it K-weed, like Kansas weed, because it mm -hmm. fell off the trains. But it, no, it didn't get anybody high. It was, it was strictly um, for manufacturing. Oh, wow. I don't know. Joe Dorman was the guy. hasn't jumped on that here, but in a more legitimate manner. Because I'm pretty sure like those uh, Ayurvedic places, they might yeah. be using it, but I'm not very aware. Yeah. Whatever they do, they probably have to keep it like hush-hush. Right. I mean, there. so if you think about if you and I were doing some forum in Bangalore, mm -hmm. um, yeah. we are not the faces that anybody would put with people, you know, either manufacturing or developing marijuana items. They, they just wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And then you go, yeah, but I don't, I don't smoke it or do it or anything, but I have a cracked vertebra in my neck that gives yeah. me migraines and I can use this marijuana derivative. It's a cream, like a, a hand cream or, um, I don't, do you, do you use coconut oil? Women over there use coconut oil we, for their we skin. We use a lot of coconut oil. That's why I like your right. recipe where you use that yeah. in the pain cream bases, right? Yeah. Right. So I cook it in that and, and all I do is just rub a little bit of it on there. But it, here's the thing, with coconut oil, it has to stay in your refrigerator. There's a yes. way to make it into a solid, like a deodorant stick, but it, mm -hmm. in, at home, you don't need it. You can just make it and put it in your fridge. But I can rub that on there, and I, and I mean this. I'm not trying to sell anybody anything because there's nothing to sell. Um, mm -hmm. In 30 seconds, the pain's gone. Instead of taking yeah. a painkiller or Aleve or Advil or any Tylenol, anything else like that, that takes 30 or 40 minutes to work, I literally rub this stuff on, it's over. I mean, it's, that's, that's hard to argue with. Why would that be oh, illegal? Yeah. Now, the reason it's illegal is because people get so high, man, and they can't I work. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the song? It's that ruin it for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard the song, But Then I Got High? And it's like, I was yes, doing I this have. and this and this. <laughs> that should be our background music if we ever talk about this publicly. <laughs> But the, so what I would say on the marijuana thing to anybody I talk to, I go, do I look like somebody that you would be concerned, you know, that you're dealing marijuana, you're teaching people how to use it? I usually teach people my age. Look, you mm -hmm. were in a car wreck and your face got pretty messed up. Oh, Wouldn't yeah. you have loved to have had that at your access for your jawbone and everything else? I had straight up hydrocodone. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but that gets, you know, 
the stuff that we make that you can put on there, not that we make, but I can teach people to make, you can put on there as strong as you want. And mm -hmm. it's non-addictive. It's a topical. Yeah. It was hard weird. to argue. Like, they, they were so happy to just give me all the oxycodone and all of that nonsense. Oh, yeah. And I was like, eh. <laughs> like yeah. it, it's right now just numb, guys. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> right. So that's all it takes. Right, right now, I can't talk. <laughs> So my sister had um, stage four cancer, and mm -hmm. and and so um, I go up to Kansas City where where I'm from, and, and weed's legal there. So like you can just walk in and show them your driver's license and buy up to three ounces of weed, which is a lot of weed, and mm -hmm. uh, and you get what you know whatever type and quality. If if you ever do it in America, folks, anybody that's listening, tell them no sulfur. And that's when people used to joke and say something was skunk weed. It's because it has a sulfur oh, in it, yeah, and it just yeah, smells yeah. terrible. Like so anymore, egg, right? all the chemicals are. Yeah, they're just yeah literally rotten eggs mm -hmm. um so you just go in there and then take it home and you can either make either coconut oil as you you're familiar with or alcohol based and mix it into anything but it yeah. kept her from getting strung out on all those painkillers i mean mm -hmm. stage four cancer sucks man sucks oh, so yeah. i'm okay with what i do it's all right <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm yesterday in that meeting that you were talking that, that uh, yep. I went to, there was an HR lady who came and sat down with us for a minute. Right. And I basically just stood up and shook her head and said hi. And then I <laughs> your conversation came into my head and I was like, oh, damn it, what do I just do? <laughs> oh, but she was cool I, with it. Like she was like yeah, but, probably more educated and right. been used to the corporate life, right? Right. So here's here's the basis for for that so you you and i were talking about in my restaurant we get especially in vito's we have an italian restaurant and we have an irish pub so um in the irish pub the other the other night was a, probably about a week ago i had an international group come in and and what i was telling you that started this whole conversation was but there were there were a bunch of guys that were computer guys they weren't you know they they were more technical um, mm -hmm. they might call themselves geeks, but you know, I don't, I don't care. I, I just, I find it fascinating, but then they had three attractive females at the table. And, and mm -hmm. so everybody's having a conversation back and forth, but what I noticed, and this was and you know, and, and you have to explain culturally how that works, but the guy from India wouldn't make eye contact with any of the girls, but the other guys really weren't making eye contact either. And I, I can just tell you, having raised three American females, they expect you to look at them and talk to them exactly, exactly in business as you would talk to a male. And yeah. I know culturally, those are the things that are hard to overcome. Mm -hmm. But eye contact and a firm handshake. So I, I work with people from Guatemala fairly regularly. Yeah. It is impolite in their society to make direct eye contact. It's considered a challenge. Mm-hmm. So you would never, you know, you don't want to. I think there might be some overlap between that and. Also, I think we're just concentrating on studying all the time that we've forgotten how to yeah. teach them how to talk to girls. And then oh, all of a sudden we're like, okay, you need to get married, dude. <laughs> you are 25. Right. Get yeah. your shit together. <laughs> Go talk to a girl. <laughs> okay, Otherwise, so let I me give you get my. You arrange marriage. <laughs> right. God. I. That's that's a Don't whole nother show. You keep right watching there. that stupid show on Netflix. <laughs> I love that show. I what is it called? It's Matchmaker. Oh, good. There you go. Yes, yeah. Indian Matchmaker. 
Hey, I, yeah, I know it. I know it makes. <laughs> I know it's exaggerated and everything else because you and I have been in television long enough. That show's still classic and hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it really is. So here's the thing. So if you if you are if you've grown up in that environment, okay. I went to private Catholic school. All right, all boys, and then the yeah. girls went to an all girls school. And some way or another, we were expected after 12 or 13 years of that to know how to sit down and have a conversation and everything else mm, with a yeah. being that think that thinks entirely different than I do, concerned about entirely different things than I do. That is not the way to go through life. But I also get, so junior year in high school, I'd been thrown out of a couple of high schools by that point. Mm -hmm. It was the first, first time I'd... <laughs> the audience is not so was the first time i had ever gone to school with girls mm -hmm. since since like you know pre like uh sixth grade or seventh grade holy crap i couldn't focus i mean so i understand where it comes from but we also yeah. have to get used to it so and and ours here don't cover up like yours there do mm, i think now it's i mean kind of a little bit safer in, at least in the cities yeah, here, where right. a lot of, I think, dressing and all of that is kind of westernized. Right. Mm. All the way westernized or kind of westernized? All the way, depending on where you are at. Like, okay. not at like, wow. yeah. Like, huh. sometimes when I go to the club, it just looks like a New York City club. Oh, and I don't no go, way. I am forced to go. <laughs> it's not what? that I voluntarily. <laughs> you know me. I prefer all my little old man dens <laughs> where I can right. sit down and talk to people. <laughs> I just, so, well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that's the case because it'll make everybody more comfortable. So I, you and I had talked and go, okay, so what are the most important things that you think somebody would need to know to adjust here? Because so my dad came over from Ireland. He lives with mm -hmm. Irish people. He worked with Irish people. He got his jobs through Irish people. That's all he oh, hung yeah. out with. And then eventually people were like, man, they're bigots. And you go, they don't know anybody else. That's all they know. Yeah. You know, they, they came from the whitest white country on the planet to mm -hmm. an area that, that other people that look like them settled and they worked in that environment. Somebody has to be the person that reaches out and makes those deals with other people oh, yeah, and has sure. to not be a and not be afraid to do that what i've been impressed with in oklahoma we have a, a, a fair-sized indian population houston it's huge dallas it's huge these are mm -hmm. not small they're still hanging out with themselves a lot though exactly see that's that's something i always notice right from like yeah. uco onwards like that right. was like in 2010 right so all the yeah. people from like different countries would hang out with each other. Right. And like only at the international house, I'll see all of them like talking to right. each other. Otherwise they just go yeah. back. They live together in the same houses because right. that way they're cooking together and all that shit just and, seems similar. Well, they understand one another. But the yes. deal is if, if you, why bother to come here? Exactly. If you're not going to do business with, <clears throat> yeah, the, I mean, the money is not, so on the south side of Oklahoma City is where predominantly Latinos live. And the running joke here is everything is cheaper on the south side. So where mm -hmm. do you not want to do where do you not want to do business if you're in business? On the south side. Yeah. You gotta make some friends on the north side. And they're really and truly 
So um, I'll, I'll give you a, a fun example. I don't know how many, whether you'll have time to put this in. I had this girl named Tan Nguyen that worked for me. She was from Vietnam. Um, mm-hmm. And she was brilliant. Uh, valedictorian at class in SAS. And, and she had moved on to OU and had done really, really well. Um, so she's working for me as a bus girl. And she's mm-hmm. getting her first job, which we were able to set, set up for because we knew the guy that owned uh, Oklahoma Medical Services. So oh, she goes, nice. right. Well, I mean, this is something down the line we got to talk about who actually knows people and how do you get in? And they do they get to watch you work? See, till date, most people, didn't, most people didn't understand why I used to come to your pub in the evenings after yeah. work. Because yeah. that's where most, everybody I ended up doing business with right, or I'm still right. friends with are still there. Right. <laughs> Isn't that true? And it's a, it's, it's, but, so in Irish culture, we're used to that. You got to have mm-hmm. somebody who knows everybody. And, and then you get into that group, and then you know everybody, and you figure out a way to do some business. <laughs> this girl was real shy, and God, she was bright. So she mm-hmm. goes down and, does, and is getting ready to do her interview, and we know the guy, so she's fine. He's, he's seen her work. That's the, that's the unusual thing. So she was probably already in. And yeah. here, nobody really cares where you're from or anything else, truthfully. The people that are running stuff. You know, the, minus the, the smaller fact that folks. they get conf- minus that they get confused by my accent. Beside that, they oh god, yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> If you're so on the, the first, if you're on the, the phone first and then person, show up, <laughs> yeah, the first person to start giggling in the background is generally you. <laughs> right, it is <laughs> not even the person who met me. <laughs> but but let me give her for your perfect example though. So she goes, well, what do I need to do for the interview? And I said, well, what's your favorite food? What do you make the best? And, you know, she was just perplexed. And she goes, um, spring rolls. And I go, okay, bring him some spring rolls. Not when you interview. Bring them mm-hmm. the next day with a little note that says, hey, thank you for your time. And I said, yeah. no one else will do, will make a gesture like that or anything else. And it can't be a big gesture, but mm-hmm. you have to make it. And so yeah. she brings that down. And the guy personally calls her and goes, okay, that's the nicest thing anybody has ever done. In an interview situation, and she was embarrassed and thought that I was crazy by telling her to do it. Because yeah, my have, other suggestion, I, I wouldn't have done that if you had told me. I would have been like, "Fuck off, Sean! <laughs> You're just taking well, the piss." <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing: guess where she works as a research scientist, oh, and you wouldn't equate <laughs> right. You wouldn't expect that mm-hmm. to matter. But what he's looking at. God, what a great person this would be to work with. He has 10 people that are qualified. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to work with? You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's the big one. What's, what's your life like at work? Yeah, you can get somebody in there that'll work 12 hours a day and, you know, and do their stuff. I mean, it's going to be an immigrant job, most important, you know, because Americans just mm-hmm. don't do that much science anymore. They just don't. Immigrant yeah. job, probably. How do you figure out a way to get along? She was sweet enough to make you some <laughs> spring yeah. rolls. Isn't that like funny? running businesses and stuff, we forget how much time we end up hiring with, I mean, spending with the t- people we hire. Right. Like it's an inordinate amount of our life that just goes talking to them back and forth. You don't get it along is, with them or they're not nice yeah. people. It's just, right. it ruins your day. Right. Well, and do you, I mean, aren't we purposely putting ourselves in that environment? Mm-hmm. We know, you know, when you interview people, I know when I interview people, there's red flags that I choose to ignore. And there's mm-hmm. red flags that I choose to see. <clears throat> so, I get blindsided you know, all the time, Sean. Ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> I usually look at you six months later and you're like, I told you so. And I'm like, I told ah, you so. <laughs> well, yeah, but I've been doing it 30 years longer than you. I know. 
you know, I, my first interviews, I hired an ex-convict um, to, to run a, one of my restaurants. And hey, guess what? What a surprise. He turned out to steal money. <laughs> you were giving him a second chance? What can I do? No, that I was. turned out to be a dick. <laughs> right. And he ruined it for a bunch of other people that probably could have used the break. But, you know, oh, I, yeah. I was, I will put, give people second chances, but not if they're touching my money. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm I'm okay with it because God knows in America we put everybody in jail. I mean, it's oh. this the latest stat I read on Oklahoma is one out of seven people have a felony here. One out of seven. Right. Hey, so tell me you're not be proud, tell me you're be, not gonna hire a felon. Be proud of me, okay? Right. Twelve years there, not one felony. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. You, you have done you so. You always thought well. I was gonna get into trouble. <laughs> I well Here's the thing, you know, you weren't the world's best driver. <laughs> Still am not. Do, do you know, James, the number of times he almost screamed in the car when I was driving here? <laughs> oh, I bet. God, I bet. That's you should awesome. ask him. Because I, <laughs> I have this annoying habit of having all my windows up and the air conditioning blasting just so that I can swear as much as possible when I'm driving. And While James you're driving? Is just sitting next, yeah, James is just sitting next to me going like, Jesus Christ, did you just look out the window and say, you piece of shit? I'm like, yeah, but he was being one, James. <laughs> but I do feel like he heard me. He heard me. So, I'll tell you a funny story before we go off here. So I'm in I'm in London maybe 25 years ago, and uh, and my co- we're stuck in traffic and it's terrible traffic. And if we were in New York or Chicago, everybody'd be out of their cars screaming, honking, and everything else. Mm-hmm. Not a single beep out of anyone. Everybody got out and looked around, looked around, and sat back down. And I was like, "What do we do now?" And he goes, "Well, we wait, of course." <laughs> That is right. <laughs> I know it was I wish so more people different. That way. Yeah, it was so different from what I would have grown up with. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me and you would be one of those guys that just sat there with <laughs> no. I but what I what I probably would have done is start pull some work out and get some stuff done while I'm you know. Mm. Yeah, look, how many hours of the day? Tell me, tell me a time that you're not working. Then I'm asleep. <laughs> right. Right. I'm in the same boat. So I'm like, oh, well, okay, I got 20 minutes. What can I get done in 20 minutes? Let me, you know, it's it's just a different mentality. Yeah. A lot of times I don't even notice that I'm doing something related to work. Like I'll be standing somewhere and I'll be writing notes for something else I have to send out later. Right. Yeah. I just catch myself you, doing that. If you and I were lawyers, our billable hours would be out the wazoo because <laughs> Because, you know, you could literally, oh, I'm in traffic. Okay, this is 18 minutes, and we could bill that out by the minute. Mm-hmm. It'd be awesome. And instead, you know, it's free. So- <laughs> <laughs> With all this experience, Sean, still free shit everywhere. <laughs> That's, can't be free shit. God almighty. Everybody wants it free. All right, what else? What else?